In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to the show, formerly known as Awesome Yesterday. <laughs> Now it's awesome today. Okay, good. This is me, joined by a totally new and never-before-heard guest, oh. Meg. Oh, okay. Do you not like to say your name on mic? I have no name. Oh. Much like yes. the, the fella on the, the train prophet. tracks, the blind prophet on Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Yes. He had no name and he had no job. That's right. Which George Clooney's character was pretty insistent that the reason he had no job is because he had no name. Oh, now we got to go watch it again. It's a good movie. George Clooney is a bad person, but that is a good movie. How dare you? I already told you person. this. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't know. I don't know if he is or isn't. I enjoy some of these movies. Yeah. Well, the gossip around him is not good. Yeah. Well, hey, gossip around me probably isn't all that hot either. It's just <laughs> okay. a lot fewer people saying it. Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> Um, oh, wait, you're the producer, so I don't have to guide this conversation. Well, so. you, you do have to pull the show notes back up onto the, oh, no. onto the teleprompter. I am Joe <laughs> Biden, and I'll say whatever is written there. Mm. And? Ron Burgundy. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the one was the, the prophecy of the other. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's like an Old Testament, New Testament kind of a gig mm -hmm. where one foretold the yes. coming of the other. All right. Um, you did something this week. And yeah. It was, it was the first time this week, I believe, that you pulled a more or less all-nighter. I did. I wasn't going to talk about that part of it, but I guess That's here we are. to talk about it. Okay. I feel a little embarrassed. Who are you trying to impress? I, it's not about impressing people. I feel sheepish. I no, feel embarrassed. Everything's about impressing people. And what you're supposed to say is, only you, my love. Only you. But you are not impressed with this. But I am so. not your love. Are you, you are. 
Well, you were impressed with the thing. Okay, let's just. Get of it out course, there. I'm impressed with it. But you weren't. How imp- dare you? You weren't impressed with. Am what I, I going to live it? No. But I resorted to to get it out into the world. Well, you're not efficient, but you're getting better. <laughs> I knew this was going to come up. Okay, here's the thing. On this past Friday, mm-hmm. for the very first time ever, starting on Thursday night. Well, no, just back up for a second. Okay. We're going to start in the middle of the story. Can you still hear me from back here now that I've backed up? We'll start in the middle where everyone likes to start stories. Yes. This past Friday, I released out into the world the very first digital product that I have ever created. And it's called So Awesome Summer. So Awesome Summer. Yes. Don't get in a hurry trying to gloss over things. You enunciate clearly and you speak to me like I am the kindergartner that I am. I just don't want to pop any peas. Okay. Okay. So it is a guide to summer that is a blend of the nostalgia of the 1980s summer Mm -hmm. of our childhood Mm -hmm. blended together with the modern conveniences that are at our very fingertips in this, the year 2023. May we sidebar for a moment and then absolutely come back to this. We have so much time to sidebar. We could camp out in the sidebar. This just hit me like a bolt from the blue. Mm -hmm. As I think over time and different decades of the last millennia. The last 1,000 years? Yes. Okay. But more realistically focused within like the past half century or so. Yeah. Maybe as long as 70 years ago. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's really easy to look at a decade like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and identify some absolute things that were very rivetingly unique, special that you could be, you may not want to be nostalgic of, but yeah. you could be because mm-hmm. it's very clear and defined. Right. Is that true of the 2000s or the 2010s? Oh, yes, it is. It's not to us. Okay. So it's we just because I'm an old bastard. Yes. Okay. I do believe that those markers of a decade are more acutely experienced by younger people. And I know this. I know this because... I wasn't alive in the 20s, but I could sit and provide a litany of things. Okay. Right. Because there's been a longer span of history for those character qualities, if you will, of that decade to become cemented into the collective understanding, the collective culture. Like flappers. Like flappers. What happened to the flappers? I like flappers. Okay. Well, what happened is the depression hit and all the partying had to stop for a while. My muscularity is a flapper at this point, (laughs) but not the same kind. Nobody wants to see that. So, but so you're saying that yes, the two thousands and the tens have strong things. Do you know them? I know fashion wise because, and I know this because Y2K fashion has come back into music has sucked. And anybody that's offended by that can be offended. Look, I will forever until the end of time maintain that the 90s had the best music across genre. I would disagree. That's fine. Everyone has their opinion. That's the mm-hmm. thing. It's Most very of them subjective. are wrong. Mine's correct, of okay, course. Okay, and at what decade would you place that mantle on? 
Um, I would say it's ebbed and flowed. I don't know that there's an absolute champion, but I would say that there was a transitional time, call it from mid to late 30s through mid to late 50s, where the combination of jazz and swing, big band stuff, this was magnificent. Mm -hmm. Starting sometime in the 70s, it feels like, it feels like to me, you have this emerging and very robust presence of folk and Americana type stuff that transitioned a bit. We moved into rock and roll where a lot of the popular rock and roll bands of that era could have kind of crossed over into either genre. Country back then quite a bit sucked but started getting notably <laughs> well, better i guess it depends on who you ask well i think you judge any era by what the pinnacle of any movement was and i feel like the pinnacle of country music would have been somewhere mid 80s through mid 90s okay not that there's not good stuff now but that was that was the era just like the 1980s for stock trading was like throw a dart and you win okay this is what it was like making country music in that era was okay. put on a cowboy hat and you've got a you've got a song that is a hit and it's going to last. Okay, now look, I'm just going to throw this out there. Yeah. That yes, you and I might hold that opinion. Oh, it's right. However, there are people who are diehard original Hank Williams fans. Well, I was going to say on either end of the spectrum. There's I don't dislike him. Hank Williams generation that feel like all country music after that yeah. dynasty. But the thing is, is that they're wrong. And there are people who think that today's country, which I find unlistenable, is peak country music. Well, it it may be... The Luke Bryan and Thomas yeah, Rhett I don't, crowd. Yeah. There, are def- there are definitively good songs, but I don't think... I guess maybe to frame the whole conversation up, yeah. what I'm getting at, and only now able to enunciate and put words around more succinctly, mm-hmm. is to say that it hasn't felt like to me in the 2000s or the 10s that there was a definitively unique flavor. It's not that there haven't been good songs. It's that there's been no clear group of like this and it's in a special era both of us would look to the 90s and recognize quite correctly that while it was a transitional time that grunge was a very unique thing that punctuated the era Mm -hmm. there were a lot of songs a lot of groups that could bleed into or bleed out of that punctuation point but i don't see the punctuation point for the the 2000s or the 10s i do agree with you. However, flip side of that coin, I would say that in the 90s, we were the most dialed into popular music when I often the early 2000s- skip my daily responsibilities to listen to that popular radio. Oh, I'm dialed in. None of that's true. Listen. I'm trying. <laughs> I would posit that in the in the Y2K through the 2010s, mm-hmm. we were largely not in the flow of popular music. Although I will offer that the 2010s is the era of Mumford and Sons, the Lumineers, mm-hmm. the Civil Wars, 
like I that could sort give, of folksy revival. I could give a soft nod. Yes, folksy revival and that in a way. It was a, a much to me it, it felt like a much briefer period and maybe it's cuz I'm old and math and things but Meth? Math, not oh, meth. I not a meth guy. Hitting the pipe again. I'm not writing it off for other people, although I've yet to see anybody it turned out real well for, especially <laughs> in the dental department. But that's another thing. No, what I would say is is that very punctuated moment of Mumford and Sons kind of being the nirvana of their decade. Okay, yes. That it was a much shorter time frame, and none of them committed suicide. Not yet. Well, if you don't do it at your peak, what good are you? <laughs> okay. Otherwise, you're just sad. Let's change the topic now. <laughs> okay. You editing all that out later? No, I'm probably not. I'm too tired to because we've really <laughs> camped out in this sidebar for okay, a long time. Well, back, no, it's okay. Get back to the the awesome summer guide. So, so awesome. awesome. So awesome. Yes. So it is a, a digital guide that allows you to have access to six weeks worth of meal plans. I've picked all of your main entree recipes for you and and to decrease that mental load a little bit further for you so you can enjoy some summer. I made grocery lists for you to go along okay. with each recipe. So this is literally a thing. You correct me if I'm wrong. I've skimmed what you put out there, but I'm I'm distracted. A, did you say a ding-dong or a dipshit? What did you say? <laughs> a ding-dong. A dip-dong. <laughs> I'll take it. Dip-dong. <laughs> it's new. It's new. Yeah. Everyone feel free to use that, especially in angry traffic moments. Ooh. Give somebody the thumbs down and call them a dip-dong. I'm on it. Scream it out your window. Commit. Okay. Um, where was I going? Oh. For what I gather, yeah. you could literally download the entire week's worth yeah. of grocery shopping mm -hmm. into a list. Yeah. And if you so chose, you could send that to your DoorDash, your grocery delivery place, and literally just have all that food arrive. You could. And so that, that'd be like the streamlined, so awesome summer, I can't even be bothered to go grocery shopping. Yes, I mean, there's probably like an in-between step because... Well, sure. There's lots of layers. Yes, there's layers. It's an but ogre of onion-ness, as Shrek you, would say. I give you the ingredients to create a recipe of ease and convenience. Yes, but it's all... You could just lump it all and be like, yeah. oh, well, I need six onions for this week. Yes. And hey, Perf I yeah. want... Uh, hmm. I want Dollar General. You don't have onions? No. How about Dollar tree, uh, dollar twenty-five tree? No, I think they are. I don't know. No, you don't have them either. But, uh, oh, uh, the Piggly Wiggly has onions, and they'll deliver them. And so you could get your six onions and then, like, hold that bag above your head like the Statue of Liberty with an upside-down torch of onion baggery. Wow. And you could sing soulful songs. You made that very dramatic and poetic, and I, I, I even appreciate it, and I love mic. it. I'm sure all the viewers could see it. Okay. That's just you. You're the only viewer. <laughs> I am the only viewer of this one. Um, okay, so there's the that's the meal plan section. Now, the middle section is the section that I had the most fun creating. Can I guess? Yes. Is it the reading? Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I went back in time, mm -hmm. in my mind. To, to the 80s. To the 80s, and also both things happening at the same time when I was an English teacher. 
that was in the early 2000s mm-hmm. when I wasn't paying attention mm-hmm. to pop music. Yeah, well, except you were. And um, there was just nothing there to grab your attention. <laughs> because it was an era with no identity. I'm so, I can't wait to hear what our like 30 something. Bring it on. Awesome today, fam. You had the worst youth How- effort, ever, ever, ever. It was an effort of a youth. <laughs> um, yes, the reading list. So I created six weeks of a reading guide of sorts. Mm-hmm. And for each week, I picked one quote unquote retro novel for a family read aloud. Yes. The very first book is Amelia Bedelia. No. Uh, Miss Pickle Wiggle. No. Uh, you just popped How up. to Eat Fried Worms. I almost did pick How to Eat mm. Fried Worms, but I did not. Okay. The Chocolate Wars. That one has things about self touching. It's not appropriate for children. <laughs> But you had to mention it. Well, it was a whole scandal when I grew up. Yes. In fifth grade, it was required reading until the parents found out. I'm. It's a bit of a culture war going on oh, there. Oh yeah, it was, it was the early. It was the early seedlings. My mom drew first blood. Of course. <laughs> she was vicious. Okay. Now the first book that I chose for the retro reader out. It's the only read book loud. I read, by the way. Read aloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is Wilson Rawls' "The Summer of the Monkeys." Oh, that was a great one. Right? That was a great one. And so for each week, I picked that one central novel. Again, all of those books came from the 70s, 80s, or 90s, hence the retro aspect. Mm -hmm. But then I, the English teacher that I am, formerly of the classroom. You reached all the way into 2028 and recommended (laughs) the most popular book for then. I did. Um, I pulled out the themes from the main novel, and I said, what themes can we find in these in books for oh. babies, for toddlers, for elementary kids, for middle grade, for young adults? Yes. Those books are a little bit more, more modern. And so here, if you're going to take your kids to the library, which I think you should, and we yeah. will be going as a family, not you. You don't have to go. I don't know how to read. Very soon. Um, That's not you, true. I read you, a lot. You don't know this experience because you don't go to the children's section of the library regularly. Not since the judge said I couldn't go there anymore. <laughs> I, knew, I knew it as soon as I said it. I knew it. I, I lobbed you a big old softball on that one. Um. <laughs> now I can't concentrate. There's an experience of walking into the children's section of the library that can be a little overwhelming because there's just so many yeah. books and then your kids are running everywhere. And or they're... pooping in the corner, as one of ours did. AJ's glaring at us. We... Uh, I wasn't going to say who did it. You you called her out on Mike in the public. All right. Sorry, AJ. Now, it can be a little overwhelming, but if you've got your reading guide, you've got some actual titles that you can pull. Now, of course, your kids can and should check out as many and a wide variety. All the books. Lose a few. Make your parents pay the fine. <laughs> We've done that. Yes, we have. Yes, we have. With books, with musical instruments, all kinds of things. I am so proud of that reading guide because yeah. it's really brings in some strong connections that can promote some great conversations um, with your kids. And also a lot of the literature is, it's highly rated. It's uh, some of it's award winning. It's like good quality yeah. children's literature. The The reading section, because I did, I did skim that pretty good and saw things that I recognized also saw things that I didn't, but that was the first time as I've looked through the guide where I realized, Oh, this isn't, this isn't how to live your summer like you live in the 1980s. Right. It's a loose theme, which applies to every section, the yeah. meals, everything else. It's like, no, no, it's, 
here are things to catch a flavor of that, but we aren't going to make you dwell there the right. whole summer. Exactly. It's touch on some of the goodness from there, and then you bring it all the way up to current in every section as well. Exactly, exactly. I also took all of those selections and put those into an editable Google Doc the way I did the grocery list. So you can get a bag full of onions and books delivered to your house. Yes, there you go. Ooh, I can't believe that they don't have library delivery service yet. Maybe that's your next business endeavor. That's got to be on the horizon, right? Call it, what, if you have Meals on Wheels, it's books on what? I don't know. I was waiting for you to fill in that blank. Pages on rages. I don't know. You get somebody that's high on meth to deliver the books. It's a paging rager. I don't know. Oh, I'm going to be thinking about we'll what that to, could we'll be. We'll have to work towards yep, that Yep, i got to workshop that idea a little bit. Okay, so that was the reading section. Then I, of course... Words wanted- on turds. That would not be <laughs> ideal. This book smells horrible. <laughs> oh, also as a bonus in there, I put in a whole list that would keep your earballs busy all summer of top-rated... Awesome approved. No, digital books, audio books. A books. Yeah, (laughs) A books. All the initials. (laughs) Audio books. So if you're going on a road trip or if you just want to like have your kids actually listen to something um, with some substance to it while you're out running around town or you're at the pool, whatever. You know, maybe we're just sitting down to do some Play-Doh in the morning. They can listen to a book. I love Play-Doh in the morning. <laughs> the smell of Play-Doh in the morning. It smells I love it like when it gets busy. caught in the treads of my shoes. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so then speaking of things you listen to, I did create a playlist section. Oh. With three Spotify playlists, two what? safe for little ears. One is for the moms only. Put your ear. Oh, on. so it's a little risky. It's got like Blister in the Sun. It's got Madonna songs on it. Yeah. It's got some George Michael. It's it's the stuff you don't want to explain George to Michael your kids. isn't racy. Okay. You think he is? Do you remember the song, I Want Your Sex? <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty straightforward. <laughs> <laughs> to me, Racy's got to be a little suggestive. Okay. Otherwise, it's just like, that's profane. There's a difference. Okay. Um, in addition... Is in the, that song on the list? Uh, I don't think I put that one in there. Uh, I would figured not. You're pretty... Uh, Prudish. You're pretty PG-12. Not even quite 13. <laughs> <laughs> um, in the playlist section, I also put some kids' podcasts. Okay. Because again, we're not stuck in the 80s. Is we're, it kids podcasting to kids or is it adults? One of them is. The rest okay. are mostly adults that have created podcasts for kids. Okay. Some educational, some just for fun, storytelling type things. And then... Well, everything's education. Yeah, that's true. If you know how to do it. That's right. Uh, the last section of the book. Oh, you made a weird face. Because <laughs> I was waiting for some other smart aleck comment no, to come I'm out. No, I'm saving but, it for... Okay for next. Kyle, I did something that I feel really strongly about to close out the summer guide. And I, I hope you didn't see this. It included the home recipe for Molotov cocktails. (laughs) No, you don't drink them. (laughs) I hope that you will agree with me in believing this part is really important because if you can spend some time this summer learning how to love yourself, Mm Mm-hmm. More deeply, ultimately, at the end of this stretch of summertime, you're going to not only enjoy your own life more, the more you love yourself, that love 
spills out onto all of the people who are around you. It vomits onto them <laughs> with rage. No, with love. Rageful love. You and I both know this is a journey. Yes, rage love is a journey. Just when you think that you really actually do love yourself, or I, this happens yeah, to me. Yeah, then you realize Then you, you run into a little wall and you're like, holy Moses, I still haven't learned to love myself. It's true. It's true. Although... We've been we've been working on this for a while, mm-hmm. and I do find that with effort, the frequency of those events decreases. For sure. Which means either I actually love myself more, or subconsciously I've become so defensive that I'm really now good at hiding from myself the places where I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I win both ways. Maybe a so. little bit jokey there, but... In all seriousness. Yeah, I mean, I think we've made a lot of progress on that front. I think so, too. And so I cry I, a lot less. Or more, but now they're happy tears. Well, that's true. I'm, I am a happy weeper. Yes. I created two audio meditations for people nice. to listen to that goes with the guide. It's not related to the 80s really that much at all. Right, so there's no need for psychedelics in conjunction? I mean, if you've got them, use them, but... I saying, smoke him if you got him. Smoke him if you got him. Um, one overarching theme was inspired by my mom and how she would make time for her soaps every day or soap yeah, operas. Yeah. And so I guess that's kind of the loose tie in is that my mom just, it wasn't even like really a thing that I feel like moms really struggled with mentally back in the eighties was making time for themselves, whether it was in the form of watching soap operas or talking on the phone with her friend. I know your mom had the phone, the oh. corded phone that the, there's like an 80 foot cord. Yeah. <laughs> By the time she got she done with a conversation, whole the whole house was yeah. wrapped up in yes. phone cord bows. Yes, exactly. Anyway, I'm really proud of this and it came out on Friday. That's the middle of the story. Okay. Backing okay. up a little bit. I'd been working on it for weeks and I had yeah. decided I really, really, really wanted it to go out on June the 2nd. It came down to the wire and I did. This is the part I feel sheepish about. Mm-hmm. I stayed up all night. Yes, you did. Why, why sheepy? I drove all night. But I wasn't driving. I was working. Well, you were driving that computer. <laughs> yes. Trust me. Later, when I looked at your search history, it was like, good Lord. <laughs> I did. I stayed up all night to get the guide finished and to get an episode out that introduced the guide to the awesome community. So... Yeah, the next day, that Friday, was a, it's a little bleary. I don't really remember a lot of it. It was, <laughs> yeah. And, and, then, I, and then you turned around. Yes. And last night, as we record, last night was Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And we have, a, we have a daughter yep. who's going on a trip to New York City. In she's fact, there right now. she's there right now. Um, with her orchestral performance skills... And you had to have her at the airport, was it by 3.30 or 3.50? 3.45 is okay. when they wanted them there. Well, call me out. At first, here's, you know, we've had this ongoing conversation about the airport drop-off pickup situation, oh, yeah. right? And oh, yeah. people have weighed in, people have feelings about that. Well, I got it in my mind. I forgot. So Daisy's 18, and we're like mm-hmm. trying to like, okay, you're 18, you need to do this, you need to do this. 
I had gotten it in my mind that I was just going to pull up into the um, departures drop off and just be like, okay, bye. Mm -hmm. But she was like, no, mom, I want you to walk me in and like help me get everything and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, then we need to leave 10 minutes earlier than I said. Um, So anyway, she and I both got up at 2.45 this morning, drank coffee, got her out the door by the skin of our teeth. No, I don't doubt that. Remembered that she hadn't packed her concert shoes. Oh, I oh. thought you meant get out the door on time by the skin of your teeth. I was like, yeah, I've been well, driving to school for a couple of years. I also, know how that works. That is also true. But like there, this Oklahoma Youth Orchestra is playing at Carnegie Hall. The mm-hmm. concert is literally the pinnacle and the reason for the trip. And we had almost forgotten her shoes. Can you imagine for the, concert? the complete meltdown mayhem? Life is over. I thought to myself, <laughs> If worse came to worse, I could send my friend Andy and see if he would pick up a pair of black shoes. Right. Just let her borrow a pair of his dress shoes. <laughs> Nobody can tell from the distance. Just put the shuffle across the stage, you animal, and pretend like they're yours. Oh, my gosh. But I really think that... He would have done it to him. He, He's a good dude. He absolutely would have. But I think like the Holy Spirit, higher power, something spoke to me. Like it was literally as we were walking out the door, I was like, Daisy, did you pack your concert shoes? And she was like, oh, no. Right. She breathed in so hard that the barometric pressure changed. I stirred in yes. bed. I was like, what? And then I went back to sleep. Yes. Okay. So you've had a hell of a run. <laughs> so I've had not a lot of sleep, but a lot of satisfying, fulfilling um, endeavors. Well, I'm impressed with the level of your conversational skills, because when I've slept as little as you have, I often revert to words no longer than two syllables, and I grunt frequently and sometimes have bodily expulsions of air, wow. hiccups, belches, never toots. Oh, you're above that. I've not tooted in a good 15 years, I don't think. Interesting. It's probably a health concern, if we're honest. (laughs) I'm not asking and I'm not telling. I already told. I don't know. Okay. Um, You have a couple other things as well that were kind of as busy as the week's been. You even fit in more. I'm going to do these out of order from the notes. Okay. So you're starting with... The Other World Podcast. The Other World Podcast. And we were... We're not ashamed to support other podcasts no. that don't support us. Screw you, Other World. <laughs> it's one of my favorite podcasts. Pony like, up. Did I... I Now that I'm saying this out loud, I'm like, maybe I did talk about this and we didn't put it in the notes that I talked about it. I don't know. I don't think so, but it's fine. Talk about it anyway. If okay. somebody's listened this far into the episode, they're committed to the cause rather than the content, so okay. you go right ahead. Okay. Well... The Other World Podcast, hosted by Jack Wagner. It's one of my favorite paranormal podcasts. I know we've talked about it briefly before because he's gotten real into the gateway tapes and the gateway experience situation. He and I actually have messaged through Patreon about that a little bit, back and forth. Are you cheating on me? No. Do I have anything to be concerned about? No, absolutely not. Is my youngest child Jack Wagner's? (laughs) No. (laughs) He doesn't look like me. Is Jack Wagner blonde-haired? Uh, no, he's not. Okay. He ha- actually has a similar complexion to you. Okay. Well, there's somebody else in the mix. Neither Jack nor I Nico are aware looks of. exactly like you. Just It's like somebody took a picture of you. No, no, stop it. Somebody took, a, no. somebody took a picture of you, and they like put it in Photoshop and just changed the coloring, but the face structure yes. stayed the same. Pale That's skin, Nico. blonde hair, blue eyes. Yes. None of which I have. Exactly. That's None what I'm saying. None of which is in... 
yes. my family tree that I'm aware of. You wouldn't know exactly the people in your family he's tree a, who a have real, the coloring. He's a real, what do they call it? Uh, uh, um, Mendel's square. square magnificent mystery of yeah. recessiveness. He is. He's all the recessive from both of our I guess of so. family. I don't know anybody in my family that's blonde hair, blue eyed. I'm sorry. Your mother? Um, also, no, one no, of no, your no, nieces? No. Hang on just one moment, because my mother's hair has never been blonde. My mother has dyed her hair blonde for many years, and her eyes are gray, not blue. They're blue. Nope. They are gray. They're blue. They are sharp gray. Sniper gray. I maintain they are blue. Also, my well, dad has blue eyes. You go eyes. to her house and look. My dad has blue eyes. Now, not blonde hair, but my sister, Sarah, ha- now, she's colored her hair for many years, but her when she... When she... Blonde. When she was Nico's age, her hair was corn silk blonde. Listen, when I was four years old, I had red hair. Prove it. Well, again, go see my mom. She's got all the photos. <laughs> I had red hairs and a white chubby butt, and I ran around naked all summer. Sounds like Nico. Kind of like most summers, except my hair's not red. I don't have a lot of hair anymore, and my butt's not white anymore. <laughs> oh. It's because I run around crazy. in the summer so much with no pants on. Okay. Back to the Otherworld podcast. Okay, yes. Jack Wagner's Illegitimate Child and the Otherworld podcast. <laughs> um, that's all untrue. Let's just make sure we say that on <laughs> microphone. Um, he did, uh, he features stories, people's paranormal stories. He has a two parter that just, the second episode just came out this past week about a region of mountains in, I want to say it's North Carolina, please. Somewhere east of here. Yeah. I want to say it's North Carolina. It could be South Carolina, but I feel pretty strongly it's North Carolina. You could have just softballed it and said somewhere in the Carolinas. That's what I was going to say. Okay. And to be more accurate, let's let's just say it's in the Carolinas. Okay. This region is called the Uwaris. I like to edit in real time. That's good. Can I spell this for you? Spell Uwaris? Yes. Yes. U W H A R R I E S. So it's like Ua Harry's. Yeah, you could say it that way, I guess. That's not correct. I think you could. Rebecca would appreciate that. She seems to like Harry quite a bit. That's true. You tied it all in together. Everything's connected. Nothing Everything's interrelated. Me. Nothing escapes me. Um the Uwaris are a mountain range that are mm, mountainous. Mountainous. They have unusual activity there. Also there, also there, the military has a, what's it called? Not um, spy, but like... Like a training area? Yeah, it's a training area for special forces. Okay, yeah. Special forces training area. I do not know which branch of the military it is. Oftentimes, special forces cross over multiple branches. Okay, well then that may be the case. Navy SEALs are not all Navy members. Delta Force is... All the branches as well. Okay. Yes. I did not know that. Once you get to elite, it's just like a professional football team has recruited from Ah, many colleges. Yes. Okay. Similar setup. Okay. Okay. All right. So the part one of this story about the Uaris, um, a man, I think his name's Alex. This is is in the fall of 2020. Mm -hmm. He has been in- Quarantined. Yeah. And he also was in- food service industry. He was a bartender. He loved his job. He loved what he was doing, but of course lost his job. The whole industry is falling apart. He'd been Thanks, a little... Thanks, Biden. He'd been a little... Trump. Tough. Thanks, President. Okay. 
He'd been a little. So you have to blame someone. Mm-hmm. Can I talk now? Well, you can try. Okay. He'd been a little depressed, and he decided, I know what I'll do. <laughs> Even though all the parks are technically closed, I'm going to go camping. He's never been camping a day in his life. That's the best decision. When yeah. you've never been camping is to go camping. In When there's no park rangers because everything's mm-hmm. closed down. Yes, I think the same thing's true of driving. If you've never driven before, you should go try it right now. <laughs> um. He decided to go camping. He had an experience with some creatures. Creatures, you say? Creatures. He did not see them his first time there. I will say part two of this two-episode series on Otherworld Podcast, he and a friend go back to the Uoris, and they do see with their own eyeballs at least one creature. Okay. Now, this first episode I think is so fascinating because he describes what he hears as dusk begins to fall as these like primate sounding whooping sounds. Mm-hmm. And yes, the whooping primates of the Carolinas. Right, right, right. He's like, his brain's trying to make sense. Sure. What's happening? What's going on? Was there like literally a primate that escaped from a zoo and it like sort of colonized this part of the woods? His brain is trying to make sense. He has no idea what's going on. The sounds are so strange. And then over time, as these voices from creatures get closer to his little makeshift lean-to tent, Mm -hmm. that he can hear them talking in this like sort of garbledy, nonsensical-sounding language. Like a mountain man. Sort of. Later... He was like, this was a whole thing. He had an extended panic attack. He was terrified, terrorized even... Um, Later, he goes back and he's like trying to research and figure out what he heard. And he came across an audio recording from the Sierra Mountains in California. And I think it's called... Opposite coast. Yeah. I think it's called the Sierra Sounds. I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I'm having such strong DNA. My DNA is so strong. It is. (laughs) Apparently not. None of my kids look like me, (laughs) except AJ. But um, I have pretty weak DNA. But I'm having strong deja vu. Did I already tell this story? It's just polite, and it lets other people have their say-so first. That's why you let me interrupt you so much. That makes sense. You guys, if I told this story, I am so sorry. I haven't slept much. Here's the thing. Where you were going. They got to hear the sounds. You have to hear the sounds. I made you listen with headphones on. Yes. And that's honestly, that's the best way yes. to hear them. Um, it's it's quite disturbing. What did you think as you were listening to this? Um, I didn't. You didn't listen to the podcast episode. No, just that's the right, that's right. just It's the like four sounds. minutes. Yeah, which felt like an eternity because yeah. I wasn't in the mood to listen to anything. And I'm quite, a, I'm quite an infant child baby in my mind sometimes. Yeah. But I did. I listened to the whole thing, all four minutes of it. Um. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. 
PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. What year was it recorded, do you it's recall? It's like in the 70s. Okay, so keep in mind when you go to listen to this that it's not going to be pristine. Right, right, right. Um, plus, it's a, it's a couple of... Basically, West Coast rednecks out in the yes. woods with a recording device. Yes. So there's a little bit of that to kind of overcome at first, just accept so that it's not distracting. Um, I really wanted, my mind really wanted me to believe that it was the equivalency of West Coast mountain people. Okay. That like don't hardly ever go into society and civilization that we're just messing with these guys. Maybe they had a a whiskey still or a pot farm or something out there that they were just trying to keep people away from. And that's, that's semi-logical in things, but then there were some, there were some very like not human timber and qualities to these noises that was, it was quite unsettling. It is. I agree with you completely. It really, it, you like part of your brain, again, the one that's just trying to like mm-hmm. match what you're, the information you're taking in with mm-hmm. previously stored information in your brain could be like, well, that just sounds like humans that are just having fun yeah. and trying to scare some people. But there are some sounds that are like, oh no. Like, right. They, they sounded, there were times where there was something that was very animalistic about it. Yes. And then there were times where it was just, it felt honestly something very otherworldly. Well, Ultimately, spoiler alert, but you would Aliens see Aliens mated with escaped monkeys from the zoo. <laughs> That's Welcome one theory, to the I guess. Um, this is ultimately a Bigfoot story. Like, a version, a variety of Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. The cryptid that apparently, like, Uaris are a, a hotspot for it. The This particular region of the Sierra is a hotspot for it. Which had some Asian ties as well. Yes, because one of the theories, and this is in the comments on the the Sierra Sounds YouTube clip that I'm going to share. Somebody said, well, one thing that people have... Postulated? Yeah, postulated, is that the Bigfoot creature... Um, and the, obviously when we're talking about Bigfoot, it's more than one, mm-hmm. but that they, there are many big feet, the big feet, um, that they have the capacity to mimic the human language that they hear around them and what they, the, the sounds that they make, the vocalizations they make mimic what they've heard. And so he heard Alex, the storyteller on the other world podcast heard a sort of, you know, North Carolina version of it mm-hmm. on the Sierra sounds. It's so fascinating. You heard this without reading the comments at yes, all. Yes. Yes. A, a language sounding close to you were like, was that Japanese? Was that Chinese? Right, like some kind right. of a- Asian, um, it language. Felt, it felt very like, and I know this probably sounds poorly and I hope no one judges me for it, but if you, if you watch, old stereotypical movies of the of the decades past Japanese man, the yes. very deep yes. kind of a thing. It there sounds was, like that. There was stuff like that in there. And so somebody was, again, theorizing, well, that makes sense in California because of the Chinese in- immigrants who were employed to do railroad, railroad construction. Through the mountains. Through the mountains. Yeah. Exactly. 
So anyway, those two episodes are a really great standalone. If you, you know, other world covers all kinds of things, ghost mm-hmm. stories, demon stories, gateway experiences, all, all of that. Um, but if you just wanted to impregnation of people that ain't their wives so far, no, <laughs> so far that has not happened. But if you want a great little two podcast episode, taste of other world, um, I highly recommend the URIs. Cool. Um, it's just called the URIs, I think. The okay. episodes are. Part okay. one and two. Well, you've already spelled it, so everyone should know now. And I'll link it just for you. Just hit the rewind button. <laughs> Go all the way back. <laughs> right? When you're done, you can pick up your rotary phone and dial them to see if they'll talk to you. <laughs> exactly. You caught a, was it a Letterman, old Letterman thing? Well, what? this is another podcast episode. Okay. okay and so, it's okay, another two-parter. Okay. What, okay. What's my deal? I don't know. Hey, two, everything that comes in twos are interesting, right? Yes. Two boobs and everything else. Now, this is on the other end of the spectrum of things that catch my interest. This is not paranormal. As you know, I love a conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. I love, I have a special and inexplicable affinity for stories about the CIA in the mid 20th century in the U S yeah, because back then they at least hid their crookedness a little bit better. Oh my gosh. But the more you dig, the more jaw dropping. Yeah, it is. Okay. That's the context. So there's a podcast that I love called Dakota ring and the host and the team at Dakota ring will take a pop culture quote unquote mystery Mm -hmm. and kind of unravel it and be like, what's going on here. So the host caught, I guess a couple of months ago, this, clip was going around on various social medias, TikTok and what have you, of an interview on The Letterman Show from the 90s, Okay, where David Letterman is interviewing the late, the great Peter Falk. Columbo. Columbo. Yes. Also known as the grandpa from The Princess Bride, but not many people associate Peter Falk with that role. Most everyone Although knows him as Columbo. He was the same man in both roles. Oh, absolutely, yes. Just, Yeah. Maybe a little less cheerful as the grandpa yeah. as he was as Columbo. Look, Peter Falk was Columbo. Columbo was Peter Falk. Like, it's true. The, they're I think interchangeable. If, I think if during his lifetime you broke into his house, as you should, and you went into his closet, you'd find the trench coat that and he wore in Columbo. That, it, that was his own personal trench coat. Perfect. When he, Perfect. they started the whole series. He was completely typecast into the role. Yes. He created the character. Okay. And the, with the trench coat and everything. I'm and not then, surprised. It became. Did the they TV. bury him in the trench coat? I hope so. I, I hope do. so too. Um, Columbo. Sorry, I scratched you with my toenail. Yes, I don't like to do that. Quite dug it into that was, my bunion. That was completely, <laughs> completely uncalled for, and I apologize. Um, okay. Did you watch Columbo when you were a kid? Absolutely. Okay. I watched him as an adult. As an adult, even. So. You're very old. Listen, listen. I can't remember. I probably told you this already, but now I'm going to tell you again for the sake of the fact that none of these good people were here when I told you if I did tell you. Okay. (laughs) When I first transitioned from coaching into financial services, I went to work for a, let's just call it a regional warehouse. And this particular place, well known for their emphasis on training. I thought you were like, swear to God, I thought you were going to say the emphasis on trench coats. On trench coats <laughs> and bullshittery. <laughs> on training. Yes. And 
to the credit, they, so they, they'd broken up everywhere that they had offices. They'd broken up into regions. Each region would have a leader who was effectively then in charge of helping along the new poor dumb bastards who'd made the decision to come into this profession. All right. To be like, hey, we're going to throw the life preserver out. You can choose to swim towards it or away from it. That's up to you. But we'll we'll do our best to aid you if yeah. you don't have a backup plan from this job. Right. Which all sounds pretty dire, and it was. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but this this group of trainers was veteran advisors within the region who – weren't required to do this. I don't know that there was any significant benefit for doing so. It was just kind of a mercy thing. They were like, I remember those times. Let me offer you some help. And one of them, so they'd, they'd often come in and they would give you a sales idea, if you will, but usually not in the form of just, you know, hey, tell everybody to buy Coke because it has a good dividend or something stupid like that. Right. They recognized that potential clients would better engage with a story or with a behavior pattern or something. Well, one of the leaders who honestly to this day is one of my favorites. I almost feel guilty in this moment that I haven't, he doesn't live that far from us that I haven't reached out just to be yeah. like, Hey, hey bro. what the hell's going on? Yes. Appreciate you. Yeah. Um, he suggested to us, and this is a real moment when you are standing face-to-face with someone with this company advocated for, Mm -hmm. in fact, knocking on their door to meet them, um, which is always an odd proposition if you're not selling vacuums or running for office or promoting Mormonism or something else. And you are, in fact, asking them for money. And asking them for money. (laughs) Um, More often than not, you were going to be berated somewhere between softly and quite painfully. Especially because you were doing this in the year of our Lord 2008. Yeah. Not the best time Not to talk the best to people time. about their money. Most people thought financial services was the devil, <laughs> and they weren't wrong. But anyway, his uh, he had offered to us in one training session to try out what he termed the Columbo ah. technique. So. Just as you were done getting your ass ripped open at someone's door, and you'd turn to walk away, that just as Columbo did, you'd turn back with the, oh, by the way, <laughs> and offer a, would you be interested in a tax free bond at 5% interest or some other thing? Right. But it, uh, he did a good job of explaining it. And I will tell you, I tried the Columbo many times. I can't tell you that it was wildly <laughs> successful, but it did, it was oddly satisfying in the sense that nobody ever got nasty with Columbo during the yes. Oh, by the way. So it at least got to diffuse all the vile, right. just spillage of anger and rage that you'd endured before they ran you off your property. It's true. It's true. Wow. There's a lot. I feel like I've been through a therapy session. Yeah. That out. <laughs> Ooh, I feel good. It's good. It's good. Process it out. Yes. Yeah. Um, apparently, the Sierra sounds are happening in our house right yep, now. Yep. Coming from upstairs. Some inhuman. Angry. Cryptid sounds. Mild Asian influence. Something alien and something primate. Yes. Um, okay. Back to decoder ring. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Um, the host had caught this clip of Letterman interviewing Peter Falk, and famously, Peter Falk tells the story to Letterman about how back in the 70s, 
that the CIA, no, the State Department, wasn't the CIA, the State Department pulled him aside, essentially, mm-hmm. and were like, hey. Oh, by the way. Oh, by the way. <laughs> don't know if you knew this or not, but you're wildly popular in Romania. And he was like, what? And so <laughs> who would even know that back then? Right. And so Romania at the time was in this precarious position of being like, I don't know if they were ever formally part of the USSR. I was like doing some digging back to see it. I can't, re- I don't, I'm not great with the Cold War history. Okay? Yeah. Yeah. The Cold War was falling apart as we were still students in school. So we didn't have a lot of up to date information. We were busy listening to music <laughs> yes. of our decades. We were listening to Billy Joel. But oh, I the State Department was orchestrating a lot of things behind the Iron Curtain. I do feel like they were part of the USSR, but maybe somehow, some way along the way, had been given independence, and they were under the leadership of Nikolai Ceausescu. Ceausescu, no, Ceausescu, Ceausescu. Okay, one of the one of the Cheskis. Yes, um, Nikolai and Elena Ceausescu loved American TV. Okay. Who and doesn't? At right. And so they were allowed to play on um, Ro- Romanian TV. There was like the one the Romanian. singular station. Yes, exactly. Yes. They ran from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Basically. They would bring in these episodes of American TV, including Columbo. Of course. Dallas. If okay. you don't say either Miami Vice or, um, damn it, what was Tom Selleck's? Magnum PI. Magnum PI. No, not Magnum PI, but. It's too racy. Probably. Those short shorts. We're talking the 70s. He could dangle out at any moment. Yeah. We're talking the 70s and Kojak. Yo, yeah. Hugely popular one. Hell yeah. Yeah. Telly Savalas. Yes. In fact, Kojak was so popular that street vendors in Romania would make. Somehow, some way, I don't know how, lollipops. Yeah, and which sell is them, sugar. Yeah, sell them from their street cards, and they called them, instead of calling them lollipops, or we might call them suckers, called them Kojaks. Hell yeah. <laughs> so. If you don't know what we're talking about, you have got to go get on the internet right now. I guarantee there's a million places with old episodes oh, yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. His signature thing was his sucker. Yeah, yeah. He always had a sucker, which exactly. was very strange. Yes. So should have been arrested. <laughs> essentially, and you guys, this is the the podcast is so well done. If you want to hear the actual great telling of this story, go to Decodering. Again, I will link it. But essentially, Peter Falk tells that the State Department pulled him aside and was like, you're really popular in Romania, but we need you to do us a little bit of a favor, if you would, please. The thing is, is that we've, that Romania has run out of episodes, uh, back episodes of Columbo, and the people are convinced that the Romanian government is withholding (laughs) them. And they want, the State Department wanted Peter Falk to record a special message for the Romanian people. This is all Peter. in the Romani language. In the Ro- in Romanian language, which is a Romance language similar to Italian, and tell the people to put down their guns. <laughs> when he says this, Letterman loses his mind. He's like, "They were arming themselves." <laughs> That's amazing. I appreciate that level of commitment yes. to anything and to trust and believe that their government had their best interests at heart. Well, you keep talking for a moment. I'm going to go scold children for romping up and down the stairs. Okay, that sounds good to me. Well, this puts Peter Paul, 
Peter Falk in a little bit of a precarious position because um, we're talking either communist or post-communist government. Again, this is the 1970s, so in the height of the Cold War. And he's a little bit dubious that the Romanian government does have the best interests of the people of Romania at heart. But at the same time, he feels like when the U.S. State Department asks you to do a favor for them, that you're not really in the best position to say, no, I'll pass. So he's like, he's like, okay, I guess I'll do it. So in his telling of the story, which not only did he tell the David Letterman on his show, he also put in his autobiography, which I do believe is called Oh, by the way, perfect. I'm going to, I will fact check myself and I will put the link to Peter Fox autobiography in the show notes, but he, he records the story as his remembrance of it in his autobiography. Like nice. he like really sells the story that they brought in this script that is in phonetic Romanian. So he can read it in Romanian to the people so that they will calm down and ultimately so that they will trust their new leader Nikolai Ceausescu. Close enough. It's fine. I feel like it's right. Um, And, you know, promote peace amongst the people because the State Department and also intelligence agencies, the CIA, were extremely invested in supporting... That particular leadership. Yeah, regimes that are, you know, sort of providing a counterbalance to communism and the red threat in That's the generous, Cold War. Yes. I'm just saying, like, this is what we, this is how it's all couched in history, right? Uh, Peter Falk is a national treasure. Yes. And, and so he, he does it. Case. He does it. So the host goes looking to see, like, do we have any, like, empirical evidence? Did this actually happen? And that's what unfolds over the course of these two oh, episodes. Nice. nice. Um, Ultimately, um, it did happen. Of course it did. But there's the, the host takes you on this whole convoluted journey because there's people on the Romanian side that are like, absolutely, this would never happen. Yeah, they feel embarrassed. They have actual wires from Budapest. Is that right? Was that the, is that the capital of Romania? I'm so bad at world geography. Oh, that is Hungary. What's the capital of Romania? Um, yes. Um, anyway, they have official like wires coming out of Romania with the, with intelligence people, state department people saying like, Oh, we did it. We, we gave the message to the people. It was a huge success. Like 10 million Romanians saw this message. But then when the host is going back here in 2023 and like trying to find, there's like no evidence. Of Nobody it. will admit it. That's how we as humans behave, isn't it? Yeah. Ultimately he did. I mean, re- not me. He did record this message. It was played on TV, but it was not played as like a special PSA or announcement or anything. It was simply played after the last episode of Columbo that aired. And it was just Peter Falk essentially saying, thank you for welcoming Columbo into your hearts and into your homes. It's been an honor to share the character in the show of Columbo with you. So it Don't did hate happen. your own government. Hate America. It basically, but it wasn't really anything about like trust and support your government. Right. It, as Peter Falk told it, it was more just like, 
hey, I'm an American celebrity, and thanks for letting us show Columbo here. Nice. It was quite forgettable in terms of yeah. the message itself. Yeah. But as, you it know. It disarmed them, though. It was like pretty much two decades later when he's telling Letterman this story. And so as one does over time, the details are embellished. Sure, sure. It was a real thing that happened, but his telling to Letterman and the one he recorded in his autobiography was way more entertaining than okay. what actually happened. Okay. Well, who who wouldn't want to claim that they diffused a mm. mm-hmm. extra national event, right? Exactly, exactly. That's, I mean, that's been my side gig forever. I can't well, tell you how many recordings I've been asked to do. I don't do them all. Some countries, I'm like, no, they should crumble. I'm I'm stern. Bucharest. Like Bucharest. There you go. All right. Not Budapest. Not Budapest. Bucharest. Yeah. Is the capital they kind of, of Romania. rhyme. You could put those two in at the end of different ver- uh, uh, lines in a song, and they'd rhyme enough. You could get away with it. Hey, I want to tell you this, too. Okay. Things did not end well for Nikolai and Elena Ceausescu. Uh, in the future, nobody could remember their last name, and that's how poorly they went down in history? That, and spoiler alert to actual history from the 20th century, they especially Nikolai, turned into quite the dictator. Murder-suicide? No. The people no. suffered greatly. Oh, they eventually got, They eventually had to get rid of TV altogether because nobody even had electricity. Okay. There was an uprising in mm-hmm. the 80s, and Nikolai and Elena try to flee the country. They're caught. They're put on quote-unquote trial and sentenced to death. They're executed by firing squad, and they show the execution on national television. Which no one could watch because there was no electricity. Few could watch, but it is recorded on film for all of posterity. Right? Pretty, pretty visceral. Yeah. Sorry to go dark on that, but have an awesome today, would you? (laughs) Romania in the you don't mess with the Romani people. (laughs) Definitely not the people of. Romania. I mean, it's it's Dracula, okay? Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... Dracul. They'll shoot you and drink your blood. Mm-hmm. No specific order. Yeah. Just ask Bram Stoker and his yes. character Dracula. Yes, indeed. I read a book. Oh! Let's hear it. I've actually it. read a lot. I always read a lot. It's just not always things that... Are awesome today. <laughs> that I would feel like anybody else cares about. Yeah. Outside of like a an audience so niche that... I might never find them in my lifetime. Yeah. Which is evidenced of, by the number of friends I have. You did a good job of shutting down the um, Sierra sounds upstairs because now I hear nothing. I, uh, I was, I made the angry dad face okay. and I spoke in a guttural tone. Yes. I don't know exactly what I said. No profanity. Mm-hmm. I keep it clean with the kids. Yeah. Listen here, Buster Brown. There we go. Good. It's code for horrible things. Uh, um, you read yeah. a book. And it was so, pertinent. I have, it's a journey. Are you ready to walk the journey with me a little bit? I am. I don't have my walking shoes on. Well, you can but I'll sit, put them on metaphorically. You can sit for it. I will pull you in a rickshaw. Ooh, while you tell me this story, this is mm-hmm. like a dream come true for it me. It is. It is. I'm not even gassy. So there's no worries <laughs> as you ride behind me. Yes. Okay. My, I love, I love to go on. An internet search. In fact, I love it so much, it's so inherent to me that I just do. 
Yeah. Before I even know it's what I'm doing. Of course. And as I'm You're searching. Like 10 hours in. Too. Yeah. If you have like 80 tabs open. If the, if the original thing is not something that I'm deeply invested in. Yeah. Which is the best of searches. Sure. Then what happens as I go is I'll see something else that looks more interesting than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And like by the time I hit the third or fourth or fifth iteration of that. Yeah. I oftentimes find myself in a place that's fascinating. Yeah. And that's where I really begin to dive and dig and look. Yeah. I honestly, at this point, I cannot even begin. No, I know. I know what happened. I know what happened. Um, I'd read something where somebody was referencing the encyclopedia of trading. Oh, right, right, right. This right. is something I do. Mm -hmm. I, I trade the markets. And I was like, wait, what? The encyclopedia of it. Now, embarrassingly, I realized several chapters in, oh, this is the third time I've <laughs> I've heard. I actually have a PDF copy of this on my computer. I didn't have to find it anywhere. Um, I've purchased it in the past. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is, as you would imagine... Uh, the just sitting and reading in an encyclopedia and don't not it's just not like oh i went and read the m volume of the encyclopedia and found out all about america or something else <laughs> yeah. no it's it's like no i started today and read through the whole encyclopedia skimmed through the whole thing yeah it, it gets very tedious right at times and like any other, like any other good book of any kind, including the, the, good, the book. good book, yes, sacred scripture, the Bible, yes, um, or if you're a different religion, whatever your sacred book is, mm -hmm. that wherever you are intellectually and psychologically in any given moment, there's going to be things in that broad sweeping volume that stick out to you differently, right? Um, and maybe for the first time on your third reading through. Well, there were some things that there are some things that are relatively new in my mind right now that made some stuff in the encyclopedia stick out <clears throat> specifically. Um, this one section I was in, there were three different names mentioned and I'm the kind of researcher that if I'm reading anything and I catch them referencing someone else, I'm keeping a note of it. Yeah. And I may not go look up that, in the moment, but definitively, if another resource also references any of those same names, well, then eventually my search will include looking into that person. Well, one of the people mentioned was W.D. Gann. Okay. And I've heard of Gann before. There's There are indicators that you can use hmm. in your charting technical analysis work that he built or at least are credited to him. Somebody built them off of things that he'd said. Okay. Because he was he was actively trading from early 1900s to, I believe, around 1955. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Not a lot of computer stuff uh, going on back no. then. So anything now available would have been recreated from things that he'd written. Okay. I start digging into him, and I find this whole, like, subculture Mm. Which, I love a subculture. Yes, don't we? Yes. Subcultures are fascinating. There's this whole whole cult following of Gan. Yes. And I'm looking at it. There's a he speaks a lot to geometry. Ooh. He speaks 
some to astrology and astronomy. Really? And yes, both of them, not just one or the other. Mm -hmm. But more than anything, his language is around geometry of things. And I'm looking through and I find a few. There's a lot of quacks out there. Sure. claim they have decoded Gan. Okay. Because he never never wrote properly, like, here's what I do and here's how to do it. Mm. He taught courses, offered private courses that, from what I can determine mathematically, would have cost the equivalency of a home. Whoa. To participate in. And this was even like during the Great Depression. Oh, God. And people were still coming up with the money to participate in this. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, he was doing something. Well, yeah. It wouldn't take more than a person or two to pay that amount of money and be like, oh, it's it's one of these elixirs that doesn't work, right? Snake oil. Yes, as they call it, the snake oil. Mm -hmm. Well, I go down... That whole path, I filter through a lot of turds and weird people and charlatans and mm-hmm. all of that. Find a few legit ones. And then, what, two nights ago, I guess, a couple nights ago, I was, it was, I was literally like, oh, I'm, I'm done and I'm getting ready to turn in. And I, I clicked on one other resource and started to consume that content. Oh, and this guy got it. Oh. This guy got it. He was um, not a ding dong. No, he's not. In fact, he's been or a dip dong or a dipshit. <laughs> any of the dips, but dip dong especially. No. Yeah, um, at least not in the negative sense. He mm-hmm. could have done it as a hobby. I don't know. <laughs> Ultimately, what what he decoded, and he started studying Gan in the seventies. Yeah, and has his own writings and materials made available that basically cover his whole intellectual journey from 70 to current and he's still going he's still doing stuff okay and what he identified is that gan had found wait i'm gonna make you wait for this part the fountain of youth kind of okay no not at all um when you when you go through the world of this underworld of of secret gan lovers okay the subculture yes the subculture the fandom here and there, you'll you'll hear people say, "Well, if you want, they'll whisper it digitally across the interwebs." They'll say, "If you want to decode Gan, of all the writings that are available, you need to start with a tunnel through the air." Oh, which I found. Yeah, it's public domain. It's sure. available. I found it. Um, it's effectively a novel. Oh, but it's written. In code mm. to explain to you mm. how you might trade the financial markets. Really? Now, listen, I'm not overly convinced that there's a secret out there like that. Mm-hmm. Because as things go in the financial world, if it's good, it doesn't remain a secret. It gets exploited sure, sure, sure. to the point that it no longer works. Yeah. But from an entertainment perspective, I was like, you had me at tunnel. <laughs> you had me at tunnel through the air. I want right? that. Okay. I read the book. Mm-hmm. In fact, I power read it, and it wasn't. It was a five hundred page book or something. What? It was not a short read. It took okay. me quite some time, and it was engaging enough just as a story that you didn't want to skim and try to skip and ah, find things. Okay. And in fact, there is a lot of code in there. And in fact, all of Gan's writings, he took the perspective. He was a brilliant man, truly, um, if not a bit egotistical. He took the perspective that 
he was brilliant and a good person so that it was fair that the knowledge came to him, but he couldn't trust just Ah. to widely make the knowledge available for fear that someone that was not a good person would take advantage of it. And so he wrote everything in code like a real prick. (laughs) Hence the decades long now subculture process of trying to decode what he meant. Apparently most people are too big of pricks to know and they couldn't figure it out. Okay. So, but I found the guy, I found the guy that has seemed to figure it out now at the very heart of in-depth stuff of importance. He too is a little bit cryptic and all that. It's like, there's there's still a little bit of this. Maybe it's just a nod towards Gan to hold it alive. I don't know. But very interestingly, I don't, and I don't know if there's, there's merit or realness to this or not. Yeah. But the perspective is that everything is energy. Yes. That when the combination of astronomy and astrology, that as things in our solar system move and are call it visible to or not to the earth and in relationship with each other and all of this, which is astronomy and astrology and all that, Mm -hmm. that energy changes that influences behaviors of people. And that if you fully comprehend all this and you know, the right place to start in cycles and everything moves in cycles that you could relatively accurately predict market highs and market lows of any given market that you'd choose. If you could find who the what the ruling planet pairs were right all the the constellations as they moved through different things at sunrise midday sunset or wherever things occurred and that from that a little bit of brute force back testing all that that you could identify honestly even down to the minute yes on given days when markets would turn okay it's been i don't i don't know that there's anything applicable to find but it's been a thrilling read well it sounds like it there's all it's all packed in there there's metaphysics and geometry and 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 honestly the the novel if you didn't know that there was some hidden message this novel written in 1927 yeah it's actually quite entertaining. Wow. Quite engaging. Literature is all, this is a wild now, story. One thing that I would throw out there just to monkey with my own skepticism is this novel writes quite precisely about dates and times. It includes a grand participation in World War II. Okay. It writes quite precisely about dates yeah. where major events occurred, if nothing else, the beginning and end of the U.S. involvement in World War II. Okay. It, the story of the war that it tells is not the same as how the war played out. Effectively, in the book, it was the U.S. loosely backed by France and Australia against the entirety of the rest of the world. Okay. Now, this was published in 1927. But yes, it was published in 27, and he had these dates. And you're saying World War II, not World War I, World War II. Correct. Okay. He nailed dates of things. And then as I read later after I read the book, Gann released in, I cannot remember if it was September or October of 1928, his, his forecast for highs and lows of the Dow Jones Industrial Average for 1929 
and he didn't miss. Oh my gosh. So it's it's very intriguing. It's a mystery. He was a you know what, to bring it back, he was not blind, but prophet. We were talking about the blind yes. prophet at the beginning of Oh Brother Where Art Thou. He was the oh by the way of the markets. Okay. The Peter Falk. Wow. It was it's it's been fascinating. I'm still in my leisure time, I'm still digging through and looking at that. If you cease to hear from us suddenly and inexplicably, it's because I figured it out and we have all of the wealth in the world, and oh. we're now running. We are now, in fact, in charge of Romania. Okay, all and right. They're, they've been looking for a dictator. We have hired a Peter Falk impersonator. Yes. We have brought Colombo back to the people, and we are ruling benevolently. Of course, ruling them. Okay, all right. Wow, that's a lot of awesome on this today. I will. I will keep a very major and attractive apartment complex for any awesomes that would like to move to Romania, Romania in the event that for this sure. is pulled off. Okay. But there will be a secret code written as to how to find us. Okay. All right. Just to keep it all alive. I'm glad. <laughs> That's a lot. There's a lot. I feel like I blacked out for a minute and maybe made something up. I don't know. I hope you didn't because I like the story as it was told. It's good. It's, it's good. good. Well, do you have any other things? I think that's You're pretty much it. tapped out. You're looking for a nap? I'm looking for an early bed. So so a nap that turns into a, a night-night? Yes. Nico calls all sleep naps. Yes. So and he doesn't sleep in long stints, yes. so that fits. Yes. All right. Well, hey, by golly, everyone should have an awesome today. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.